morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas. Um, today we celebrate Christ's birth. On Christmas, we think about how God came to us in love through, through Jesus, his son. All right. John, chapter 3, verses 16 to 18 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of God's light into the world. With the coming of his light, there is love. Such great love helps us to love God, ourselves, and one another. Father, thank you for loving us. Help us to live in the light of your unconditional love. Amen. The songs of Zechariah, Mary, Simeon, and the angels are responses to news of Jesus' birth which have been preserved and recorded in Scripture. Historically, these have been used by the church as songs of worship, They're Christ songs, and today we'll think about the song of the angels. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Joseph and Mary had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem because they needed to fulfill a, sense, a census requirement that had been imposed by the Romans. Bethlehem was a little town with a population of about 1,400. Nazareth was even smaller, just a really tiny town of about 400. And it would take about a week to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus was laid in a feeding trough and wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the way they did it in those days to try to keep the limbs straight. There was no room in any of the residences, so he had to put them down in a place to feed animals. As we, Randy pointed out, Jesus' birth could not have been more plain. It couldn't have been more nondescript. Um, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Shepherds were out in the fields during the months of March to November, and the sheep that they tended in the Bethlehem pastures were the sheep that they used for the sacrifices in the temple. Um, since they were out there, it was uh, probably warmer. It, Jesus wasn't born in Christmas time, as we think of December. It probably would have been a warmer time. That The scriptures don't say when he was born, only that he was born, and that's what's significant. Those present at the birth of God's son were not world rulers or religious leaders, and that's significant. Um, God's announcement of salvation would come to the humble and the lowly, 
not the proud and the rich. The angelic invitation was extended to shepherds, and they were considered on the fringe of society. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and Sheila pointed out they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Angels announce the event. Angels major in communication. In the Bible, we see angels speaking to people, and as well, we see angels speaking to God, and we find them doing both of these things in their appearance at Jesus' birth. The angel called the angel of the Lord speaks on God's behalf. He comes in God's name, and one who comes in the name of the Lord speaks on behalf of the Lord. One to whom the name is given has been identified as a representative. And so this angel of the Lord then, he is the one selected to represent God, to speak for God. Jesus will be the one, as we see, who will come in God's name and will speak for God with a clarity and an intimacy and a sympathy that angels were not able to. That's the significance of Jesus coming. Um, the angel announces a couple of things. I bring you good news. It says, today in the town of David has been born to you a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angels don't just simply speak to men and women, but they end up speaking to God. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The thing to remember about Jesus coming to earth, the significance of Jesus coming, is that it marks a change in the way God communicates with mankind. Prior to Jesus coming, God communicated with mankind in one way. After and on this side of Jesus coming, God communicates to us in a different way. Rather than speaking through angels to mankind, God speaks to mankind directly through his son. Jesus is God communicating directly to mankind, not via a mediator. God doesn't merely speak directly. And significantly, he also speaks sympathetically. When you think of what differentiates God communicating through angels from God communicating through his son, what differentiates God speaking through angels with God speaking through his son? And the answer to that is significant. Sympathy. Sympathy. Um, it says, We do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. The word translated sympathy, it literally means to feel the same thing. We might 
it might be more closer in English to empathy. Sympathy can seem distant. Empathy is when you feel something somebody else feels, and that's the sense. Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. He empathizes with us. Um, God's Son feeling what we embodied spirits experience. Angels can't sympathize with us because they are not embodied spirit beings. Angels don't have a body. They are unembodied spirit beings. Jesus can sympathize with us because he is like we are. He is an embodied spirit being, a spirit being housed in a body. Um, Jesus entered the world for a womb, and once he entered into a body, he never left. You know, that's the significance when he died. He was raised physically from the dead, and the grave clothes were there. Once he entered a body, he didn't leave it. And he exists now in the form that we will exist through belief in Christ as immortal spirits in immortal bodies. That's the form that Jesus takes right now. And we will enjoy the same living arrangement on the far side of eternity. We're going to focus on Jesus' sympathy in our next message series. Perhaps you've seen some of the ads. Uh, he gets us. Have I seen those? He gets us. They're on every once in a while. They'd be through the Super Bowl. And what it describes is how Jesus understands us, why he, he understands loneliness and sorrow and tears. He understands compassion and love. We're going to think about Jesus' sympathy. Um, because of Jesus' sympathy, we can come to the throne of grace and speak freely to God. We can open our heart. What it says in the last last part of Hebrews 4, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. He talks about a time of need and a time that we could use help. Help in a time of need. The Bible indicates that if we want to receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need, what God tells us to do is approach the throne of grace and speak freely with him. Confidence is the understanding somebody has when they can enter into the presence of a dignitary and speak freely there. When it says, when God says, approach the throne of grace and speak freely, what he's describing is he wants us to come, to learn to come into his presence to know that we are welcomed there, but not just that, to speak freely with him about what we need, about the help we need. Um, In that sense, then, the role of sympathy is critical. It says we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. You know what sympathy does? It allows us to approach God's presence and speak freely with him. In that sense, then, Jesus' sympathy is not nice. It's not nice. It's not a nice thing that God does. It's a necessary thing. We can't open our hearts to God until we understand that God opened his heart to us and came in a form so that he could sympathize with us. In coming to earth in his son, God speaks directly to us now. And he speaks sympathetically. And that's what we're to understand because Jesus has come 
in the form that we understand, so we could understand that he sympathized. God opens his heart to us so that we might open our heart to him. Let's sing a closing song. Father, thank you for the way you speak to us. You spoke to us through angels and mediators, and then you sent your son to speak to us directly. He understands what it's like to be an embodied spirit being. He understands what it's like to have mortal and immortal desires, and he sympathizes with us, and you want us to understand that that's true. Because when we understand that, it helps us to move towards you, to be honest with you about the things that we face, and when we need help, when we have a time of need. Thank you for that. Thanks for the day to be able to think about you coming to earth in order to be able to speak to us intimately, directly, and sympathetically. Thanks for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a Merry Christmas.